Blog Talk Radio. Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I am your humble host, Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation, promoting knowledge that is engaging and transforming. 
empowering our listeners to knowing, being, doing, and impacting the world around them. You're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. You can join us by calling in on our number, 917-388-4293. You can join us. We're live in the chat room on blogtalkradio.com. Join us in the chat room. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Twitter, tweet, twat, whatever they call it now. Ooh, twat is a bad word. <laughs> follow us on Twitter. Join us on Facebook and anywhere else you can join us. Shoot us an email, ltneilcox.net. We're just glad to be in the land of the living one more day. And listen, I am excited. God has blessed me, blessed me, blessed me tremendously. Uh, we did not have a show last week because of Labor Day, and I just took a liberty to have another day of rest after having a uh, somewhat of a busy week and weekend. But God blessed us. We, just, we rested, and then we got busy again for the rest of the week. And um, we're just glad to be alive today. Um, Let's go to the, word, to the Lord in prayer before we go further out and get further along in the program. Father, we thank you. It's a day that you have made. We rejoice and we're glad in it. We thank you, Father God, um, that you've kept us, many of us who are listening, you've kept us from hurt, harm, and danger, and you've protected us, and we just thank you. We pray for your mercies on the families that lost loved ones this past week and this weekend, those who are remembering the, loss, the loved ones they lost in, on 9-11 nine years ago. Have mercy, God. And we just thank you. Pray that you'll bless this broadcast, that all who here will be edified and lifted up in spirit, soul, and body. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome again to our broadcast. I'm glad to be on air. I had a wonderful weekend. We uh, started the weekend off Friday with a uh, revival. We planted a church in Lafayette, Louisiana called Prevailing Word Ministries, and we kicked off that church plant with a revival Friday night, and we had a wonderful time. And uh, we set a planning meeting and reporting meeting under the leadership of our presiding elder, Dr. Lord Washington, Jr. And it's going to be a different kind of AME church, but we're looking forward to being a blessing to the community that we have been sent to. And yesterday, I, I was really humbled. Yesterday, my church uh, had an appreciation program for me. Uh, we've been there three years, and they celebrated the things that we've been doing at the church for the past three years, and God has blessed us. And I never asked to have an appreciation program or anniversary program at any church I've been at. I tell them that, uh, I've told them, and I tell every church I ever get to that, you appreciate me by showing up, you appreciate me by volunteering with time services, and of course, by giving. <laughs> So we had a wonderful time, and here it is, Monday. Can you believe it? It's already the middle of September. Time is moving so fast. But, you know, I'm grateful. I'm not going to complain at all. There was a lot of news that happened last week, and, of course, most of it, uh, if you were following the news at all, centered around uh, Pastor Terry Jones and his, and his church in Gainesville, Florida, who has declared that they were going to burn Koran on 9-11. And, of course, he got way too much media attention for that and stirred up so much controversy that even President Obama chimed in, uh, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton chimed in, uh, and even uh, the commander of the Afghan forces, uh, General Petraeus, they all chimed in and basically said it was a bad idea. And uh, if you watch the news, they had snippets of this 
these people over in Pakistan and Afghanistan, you know, burning flags and selling, saying death to America or things like that. And it was later discovered that that had nothing to do with the Koran burning, but it sure made for good media. <laughs> I, I don't know what the world is coming to. You know, you had this mosque that people were raising up about in, in uh, not at ground zero, but close to ground zero, and people were raising hell about that. And I can understand that to a degree. Um, and this guy who says he's going to burn Korans, and they gave him all this attention, and then one minute he flip-flops. If you follow, he flip-flops. One minute he said, no, we're not going to do it. Then he's going to say, well, we're going to go through it. And then finally said that they're not going to do it because he thought that he was going to have a meeting with the uh, imam who was building the mosque in New York City. Of course, none of that came to fruition. And, of course, he did not burn the mosque. He did not burn the books anyway. I think it was just a way of him getting some kind of attention. But... And that's the way of the world, is earth, wind, and fire thing. Plant your fires and they grow. Well, we have an interesting, I don't have a lot more news, but we have an interesting show that we're going to get into. Um, we're going to talk about holy hip-hop, uh, gospel hip-hop, Christian hip-hop, whatever it is. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what to call it. Uh, I, I grew up, I'm part of the hip-hop community. <coughs> Excuse me. I guess you can hip hop generation you grew up listening to it and all that. And uh uh it's just interesting how mainstream things are becoming with hip hop. And I have with me a very good friend of mine, uh James Berry, he's gonna be sharing with us today, uh, as we talk about holy hip hop. What is it is it relevant for the church, should it be in the church or all that stuff? Y'all know me. I'm ready to get it on. So we're gonna take a quick break. And uh, what better way to start off a show about hip-hop than with a little hip-hop tune from the one and only Mr. Kurt Franklin. And it's something y'all hear me all the time. Kurt Franklin, I like me. And after we play this song, we're going to be joined by James Berry, Jay Noise Productions. All right. That is Rip. This ain't a self-help song or another makeover song, but how it made me over. <laughs> you did. Yo, you like me? Come on with me. Do you like me? See, I like me. Cause he likes me. God likes me. Yo, you all like me? I like me. Yo, you like me? Cause I like me. Do you like me? See, I like me. Cause he likes me. God likes me. Yo, short, big nose, big lip. Kinda stuff to stuff, but a butter never trip. Got my daddy swag and I walk with a limp. Got a hot wife, no need to be a pimp. Never been cute, never been fly. Cause I've been changed, got that twinkle in my eye. Got my grill fixed, now smile when I speak. Tell me who that is, yo, it's that Jesus free. Yo, you like me, cause I like me. Do you like me? See, I like me, cause he likes me. God likes me. Yo, you all like me? I like me. Yo, you like me? Sir. Cause I like me. Juice you in the booth. Like <laughs> Why? <laughs> That's a piece right there. Hey. I've been waiting a long time for this. I just smile. I'm so 
every tent And I ain't even got yellow stones on my wrist I hear the world say I'm supposed to be rich But I don't buy that, man, I don't go with the trend I go the whole mile, lose or win I hope that's the impression that the CDs give I'm more concerned about how they see me live They're trying to get a house on MTV crib Hey, man
it's a concentration gospel. It's interesting that you mentioned that uh, because the gospel has always uh, taken from gospel music has always taken from secular music or borrowed from secular music, and I, and I, you know, in some of the lectures and workshops that I do, uh, I, I, you know, I'm a classical, not fundamentalist uh, Christian, but I'm a classical. Christian, you know, I like the, the simple mm-hmm. stuff, the hymns and things of that nature, because that's what our ancestors used, and that, you know, that was all they had to ride and enliven their faith, you know, the spirituals, the yeah. hymns, the anthems, and then, you know, in the 20s, you know, they brought in the blues, and, and then they integrated uh, rock and roll, R&B, and, you know, create what we call the gospel sound of contemporary gospel music and now it's revolutionized with uh, the gospel music industry with the hip hop and things of that nature like with the uh, Kurt Franklin that I just played uh, you know that's revolutionary for some people yeah yeah so uh, tell me you know you're a minister of the church you minister of the church and um, mm-hmm. How really, really does the gospel, gospel hip hop have a, 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 a place in the church? And I, I know we're going to be coming. This is going to be the continual thread of, of throughout the discussion. But yeah. but how does how and where all of that? Get, get, try to explain it to me. Well, um, uh, I, I believe that it pretty much is a it's a tool or a means uh, of reaching the lost. Um, you know, uh, with 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 the Bible, you know, the the methods uh, of uh, of of getting the 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 message out, you know, may change. Uh, the problem um, that I think we may have, or that we run into, is, or that in any case, is where the message changed. You know, if you change the message, you know, that's where you're getting into trouble. But I mean, uh, as far as uh, the medium that you use, I mean, nowadays we, we send, everybody's got a text club, you know. I, I get texts from, from Bishop, Bishop T.D. Jakes, you know, whereas before, you know, uh, you know, if we go back, you know, you were less likely to even get a stamp in the mail, you know. <laughs> you know, so the medium in which the word can travel through or the message can travel through has, has changed, it's broad. Um, but if you want to reach a particular person, you know, like if I want to contact my mom, I know it's probably not a good idea to uh, send her an email or a text. I better pick up that phone and call, you know, because she's not really into texting. But if I want to contact my little brother in San Diego, you know, I might not be able to get him on the phone. I may be able to hit him on Facebook or or send him a text message. So in order to reach him, I got to use a different means or medium to to reach him. You know, I feel like that's what we're doing. With, with gospel rap or holy hip-hop or whatever, you know, people want to call it. It's just using a different means or medium to reach uh, people. Okay. Now, I I understand that really it's not a new thing. Uh, I, I, uh, gospel hip-hop has been around for a while. I, I know uh, a little bit of history uh, from gospel <laughs> rappers. And, and as a matter of fact, that's what I want to, before I get into that, I, I want to talk about what is the difference between rap and, and hip-hop when it relates to gospel music. And, and I, I asked the same question when I uh, 
in the secular world, uh, you know, what's the difference between, between rap and, and hip-hop. Uh, but when it comes to the gospel world, what is the difference between gospel rap and gospel hip-hop? Is there, is there a cultural difference? Is there, what, what, try to explain on it, can you? Um, yeah, I guess uh, if I'm clear with what you're asking, is the difference between gospel rap in the gospel world and then, I guess, rap or hip-hop in the secular world. That'll work. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so um the the main difference um really is is the message that that we that we're portraying um uh every every musical artist when they when they put out music uh they have a message that you're that they're trying to get across to their listeners and our message is is simply Christ you know um our message is the message of the kingdom whereas their message of course is is a lot of times in great contrast or, or on gray lines with you know you hear some some artists that are rappers are considered to be clean rappers or or family safe you know they don't have that explicit lyric uh warning on the on their labels but even the message that they push across is is in the gray it's it's not you know it's, it's straddling the fence it's either or you know um where i feel like that our message is simply christ now every gospel rapper might not <laughs> hold that same view but uh as as for me and the music that i put out you know uh i still put out praise music i i, I praise god in my music um i talk about my personal experiences with god in my music um you know uh, uh it's it's all scripturally based you know what i'm saying every song that i write usually comes from a scripture that i study or read uh, I feel like that's important as well, because it, you can. It's very easy to stray from it, you know. Yeah, I, I, and that's a uh, you make some good points. Uh, scripturally sound, relevant, uh, things of that nature, um, and experiential, uh, you know, from your perspective. I want to I want to get into this um, this question. This, uh, I want to get into the. I, I want to talk about the spiritual. Uh, the, scriptural sound soundness of it. Mm-hmm. But I wanna my my question has always been when it comes to anything that is new that what people consider new when it comes to the gospel, uh, anything surrounding the gospel, music, uh preaching, uh thing of that. My question is always why is it relevant? Is it relevant? And yeah. in this case is is gospel hip hop or gospel music I mean, gospel rap, gospel hip hop, holy hip hop, or whatever they call it, is that is that a way of trying to make the church relevant to the world, or the gospel, the the gospel message relevant to the world? And, and let, let me let me try to explain what I mean because mm-hmm. uh, in so many cases, the church ministry, ministry wise, tries to adapt, you know like a chameleon always change, changing and adapting is gospel rap gospel hip hop holy hip hop is that a way of making the church relevant or the gospel message relevant um well i think that that it makes uh it makes it, it kind of does one and the same it actually does both um you know the well, the gospel for one will always be relevant i mean everything that that we see going on now today you know went on in the bible in the old testament you know so you got all of the different things that that you see on tv 
you know, all the sins and everything that's talk that, that you see now going on went on back then. So there, it's always relevant. I always tell people if you really want to, you know, you want to see a good story, you know, read the Bible, you know, uh, read about Samson, you know, how he yeah. was, you know, his, his his brother tricked, you know what I'm saying, stole his love from him, you know what I'm saying? The reason why Samson uh, got angry is because he was tricked, you know what I'm saying? And you ever break, he was, heart, he was heartbroken, you know what I'm saying? You break a man's heart, he'll go crazy, yeah. you know, <laughs> over a woman, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, the the kind of stuff that went on in the Bible is, is always relevant, but I think that the image of the church is not always relevant. It's always viewed. I mean, when you see the church on TV, you don't ever really see young people. You always see the old church mother or, you know, because that's how our genera- generation relates to the church. That's our memories of it. You know, when we were young, the people that were in the church were older, you know. And But now, as we're getting older, you see, you're seeing the church become a younger generation. Um, and I think that if that you have to you have to play to you know the generation that you're that you're in you know i mean jesus did the same thing in his parables you know he related to to farmers to fishermen whatever the main uh thing was that they could relate to he made his teachings applicable applicable to them you know so he he didn't change the message but he made it where they could understand it he was like, you can because you fish, you can relate to this, you know. Because you're a farmer, you can relate to sowing a seed and and growing, a, uh, you know, and getting a harvest, and you can relate to barns being filled. Because I mean, none of us have barns, you know, but the way we would re- re- relate a barn or a store or storehouse would be our bank account, you know. So it, it, by us saying bank account, you say, well, the Bible didn't say bank account. He said, you know, barns. Well, we don't keep. You know, <laughs> our, you know, things or, or, or our wealth in barns, we keep it in the bank account, you know. So, I mean, we just make it, make it relevant to the time, you know, to, or applicable, you know, we apply it to our current time. Wow, man, I, I don't, I, I don't think I could have said it any better. <laughs> I mean, that, that was awesome. That was awesome. I mean, me, I, 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 you know, I, I'm a traditional preacher. When I, yeah. when I say traditional, meaning that I don't use tricks, gimmicks, or anything like that. I rely solely, solely on scripture to get me, uh, get my message across, you know. And I don't do all these gimmicks, you know. I don't borrow from movie titles. I don't borrow too much, yeah. you know. That that's all good, but I always go to the scripture first and draw from the scripture what's already there, and I try to put in there something that I want, uh, you know, and when I, that's what I mean when I say I'm a traditional preacher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, you make a good point when, when you talk about the generation gap. Now, I'm young, you know. I'm in my 30s. I'm part of the hip-hop generation, you know. I grew up with the music. I grew up with the, you know, the, <laughs> the Ron DMC. Yeah, I grew up yeah. with... Uh, Grandmaster Flash grew up with those guys, listening to those guys, you know. Young MC, <laughs> you name them, I, you know, I listen to them. And I can relate to, to that, but at the same time, you know, when it comes to, uh, though I'm young and chronologically, when it comes to uh, ministering in the church, you know, I got that old man, <laughs> that old man spirit, I guess you could say. Don't say no jokes, and I know some friends of ours who might be listening are ready to say some jokes. Yeah. But um, 
I, I mean, how can how can how can how does you make it relevant? How do you make it relevant to those people in the church who, like, when Kurt Franklin came onto the scene, were ready to lynch him? Um, I, I personally would say it's not for them. Um, I mean, you're saved already, you know. <laughs> Uh, I mean, uh, I think that a lot of us try to do that too, and I, I kind of feel that that pull as well because I want, in order for me to really be accept, uh, successful in a lot of cases, is I have to be accepted by the saints. You know, I have to be accepted by it because they're not going to call me to come minister to the youth if uh, if they if they don't feel that that's relevant or that's necessary. Um, but at the same time, you know, um, their youth. Or are you know listening to Fifty Cent, Lil Wayne, uh, all of these people? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So those are the people that have the influence over the young people's lives. So what I look at is is that okay, uh, who would you rather have your you know your young child um, look up to as far as how they live, the lifestyle, and the music they listen to, or you know. Um, you know what they believe. You know, would it be Fifty Cent or Lil Wayne? And you know, none not putting down any of those people because you know the life they lead on TV could be totally different than the life they lead. You know, when the cameras are off. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? I, but, I, yeah, I want I want I want to address on that a little later about uh, yeah. some of that. But listen, uh, we got some of your tracks, and I okay. want you to uh, we're gonna play a first track, and I want you to uh, lead us into the this first track of yours, uh, I think it's uh, okay. Yeah, I need you. Uh, yeah, okay. So, so the, yeah, the first, the first, uh, this this song is uh, is really a snippet. It's about sixty seconds long. Um, uh, so it's it's called "I Need You." Uh, it's basically talking about um, uh, humbling yourself. You know, uh, the, you know the words say sometimes I feel as if I don't deserve you. You know, living my life as if I never heard you. Um, you know, basically talking about a time in my life where I knew what was right, you know, but he was still good to me. Even even in my sins, you know, the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, you know, Christ gave himself, uh, you know, up for us. So while I was even in my sin, you know, uh, he he was he was good to me, you know. So and, and then coming to a point where I can't do I can't live this life. I can't live this Christian life on my own. So I need you, you know. Uh, I think a lot of our, our our secular world, you know, they're so prideful. You know, I don't need nobody. I'm a, I'm a self-made, you know, all of this kind of stuff. But it, the truth of the matter is we all need God, you know. So, And that's just my personal proclamation, you know, God, I need you. So it's a little short clip, you know. It also shows a little different production style and stuff like that. So, you know. All right. Well, let's go into this track called I Need You, Jay Noise. <laughs> Oh, and this pressure ain't much better Well, I'm 
right. That was a short snippet. That, that sounds good, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the one of the earlier recordings, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, with the with the home studio equipment, so yeah, uh, it, it, I was back you... before I had a. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, man. No, yeah, that was back before you know I had a microphone or anything. I was I, I had a, a Radio Shack microphone, you know. <laughs> just trust uh, me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> just plug straight into my computer, so you know I was. Hey. <laughs> I know how it is, man. Uh, for those of you joining us on the broadcast. Uh, this is Zero of the Day with Pastor Lorenzo Neal doing something a little different from what I usually do. We're talking holy hip-hop, gospel hip-hop. My friend James Berry, J. Norris Productions, and that was just a track that we played from, uh, like he was saying, one of, one of his earlier tracks. Come up, uh, join us, man. Call in in the number. If you need to, call in the number. 91, excuse me, I had to catch my breath there for a second. <laughs> Nine one seven three eight eight four two nine three. We're in the chat room live. Join us on the chat room. Uh, we've had people had some in the in the chat room. Or you know, send us send us a, a message on Twitter, Facebook, or an email. Ltneal at cox dot net. And back with Jay Barry, Jay Noise Productions. Now, uh, as I was listening to that uh, to that track, my mind automatically went to you know I started thinking about from the earlier gospel rap that I had listened to, you know, uh, heard yeah. before from years ago. When I was in college, uh, there was this group, the original gospel gangsters out of Compton, California. You know, they were former gangsters, Crips and Bloods. And, and yeah. actually, yeah. I fell in love with their music uh, because not only was it relevant, you know, it spoke to their angst, it spoke to their, their deliverance and salvation and restoration. But it sounded like real rap music, you know. Yeah, it still it, when you heard it, it, it gave you that beat, you know. You was like, yeah, it gave you that that feeling that it, that, that rap music, exactly. you know. And they didn't they didn't get a lot of airplay from the Christian radio stations because they had gospel gangsters, you know. And, yeah, yeah. But that yeah. music, I mean, it was up there with Dr. Dre. It was up there with uh, Snoop was out at the time. It was up there. Yeah. Uh, it was up there, man, and they were from Compton, so they had, you know, they had that they had that Compton hardcore NWA, yeah. ain't afraid of yeah, nothing. Some, some of their some of their songs were actually recorded in the same studios as artists like Dre and Snoop. So yeah, yeah, I mean, and, but, and, and and believe it or not, those guys even get the the approval, got the approval, you know. And, and encouragement from from artists like Dre and Snoop and and those who were who were in the secular world at the time. And they made videos, man. I saw one of their videos one time. I was like, yeah. man, this can't be gospel. <laughs> but <laughs> but at the yeah. same time, yeah. at the same time, there were other groups like uh, DC Crew, uh, DC Talk, and uh, yeah, whatever. Some other DOC, the Disciples of Christ. Uh, a lot of yeah. these other groups. Now they catered more more to the contemporary Christian sound, and you know they were played on the CBN and the TVN. But the reality was to me, their music sounded like, you know, <laughs> it yeah, didn't like, sound like, like rap music. It didn't sound like hip hop at all. It, it had no no relevance to the hip hop sound. And I, you know, I, before while prepping for the show, I listened to some other artists, and, and I was. Disappointed. <laughs> <To> be 
Yeah, they, I mean that, that was the, the you know the first uh, the uh, the first uh, gospel rapper. Um, I'm trying to think of his name. The first one. When I say first, I mean he was uh, the first one who was promoted and recorded. Um, one of the complaints that they had was is that you know he wasn't a very skilled rapper, you know, and so of course immediately um, they started looking for people who had skills of actually rapping, you know, and then of course producing. But it was hard to find a producer who would produce for a gospel rap song because, of course, there's not very much money in it, you know. Um, so a person who starts out as a gospel rapper, you know, you if you don't produce music yourself, you know, if you don't know how to make tracks or beats, then you gotta you got to pay somebody to make you a beat. Usually a person that makes a beat that you would like is probably not going to be a gospel music producer, you know. Usually they're going to be into some type of hip-hop or R&B producer, producing. You know, so, uh, and I wish I could think of his name. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was just looking at it. Uh, Hold up. Yesterday. I, uh, there's this guy called, well, they called him Reverend Rap Stephen Wiley or something like that. There you go, Stephen Wiley. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to, we're going to play another one of your tracks, but. Before we get into this, the next track, um, why is it that gospel music, uh, hip hop artists today sample secular artists? Because uh, I, I went to a show recently, and the show had a it had a tune, it had a one of Ludacris, his uh, yeah. one of his you know sample sampled his his music. And they just basically rapped over it. Does that send conflicting messages? Um, well, uh, this is my personal opinion. Um, I think that in most cases it does uh, send conflicting messages um, because when when someone who is who who whether you saved or not saved, if you've been listening to hip hop, when you hear the way music, if music is done right, as soon as you hear the music, you automatically think of the lyrics. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure there's, like, I know there's some songs that I could play right now, you know, for even o uh, older audience. You know, I could put on some Earth, Wind, and Fire tracks, and, they're, you know, they're known for having an intro to their song. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you hear that intro, you know exactly what song it is. It takes you back to what time, you know, you were in, what you were doing when you first heard it. And a lot of times when you do that with gospel, when people hear it, they immediately think of the original song, you know. When, and that's you know, exactly so, what happened to me, you know. Yeah. I, I immediately went back to it. I said, wait a minute. Now that, I know that song. I didn't know the artist at the time, but I knew it was a secular song. And and I was like, where's the originality, you know? You, you sample, yeah. I, and I know hip-hop artists do this all the time. They sample other people's music. But I, yeah. I mean, me personally, I think if you're going to be gospel, then you need to sample. If you don't sample anything, sample gospel music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it's yeah. As a matter of fact, that's 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 kind of my theory. You know, I, when I when I when I produce my music, I actually listen to to artists like like Fred Hammond. I listen to the old school. I also listen to their messages in their songs. You know, um, I feel like the message that you know doesn't have to change. I listen to those those songs and 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 say that this message. You know, our generation needs this message, and maybe they won't get it in this format. You know, so how can I take that same message 
and put it in a uh, you know in a package if you will that um, that will be appealing to them uh, you know but I mean I don't I, I, what you're hearing is not really sampling whenever you take a, a track you know a full trail well, I guess you're getting a full sample you know it's one thing to sample um, you know part bits and pieces of of a song it's you know it's a whole it's a whole other thing to take a full track and uh and you know and just rap over it i mean i actually did a song um where i took uh kanye west um amazing you know and put my own track on it but the reason for me doing it is when i was listening to the song i listened to the lyrics and what he was saying and i felt like all of what he was saying you know was something that should be said about god you know and so, of course, you know, when you're in the studio, you play around with stuff, you know. So I, I did it and I uh, thought it was pretty neat. But it's not something that um, that I, I feel like uh, you should, be, it on an should album. be. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it on. A, I wouldn't put it on an album uh, necessarily. Well, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he might not, you know, a lot of times they might not even agree for it to be used like that, you know. Exactly. But, I mean, uh, I feel, but I felt like the message, though, that, you know, that I was portraying, you know, uh, it, it was a valid message, you know. So, and it would be listened to and recognized, like, hey, yeah, that's the Kanye West song. But at the same time, the way I did it, um, you know, it was it was unique, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. All right, let's, let's let's get this next track in. Uh, this track is called "Crazy." Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, yeah, this uh, this track is called "Crazy." Um, uh, the Bible says that um, it's the love of God that causes men to repent. Um, so uh, without the love of yeah, so without the love of God, um, it's, you would essentially be given over to lawlessness, or you would what we consider would be crazy. Um, so the song simply says that, you know, if you take your love away from me, I'd go crazy. I'm sure that sounds like a very familiar lyric. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> the group called, uh, was it Black Street? Uh-huh. Uh, they sang that to a woman. Uh, but uh, the, I sing the same lyric to God, you know. Hey, if you take your love away from me, I'd go crazy. All right, Jay Noah is crazy. Here you go. Had a friend who would lay down the cipher and pay a price he didn't owe. Conquer death from hell for you and I won't go. This is a bomb friend who could ask for more. This is the real love, baby, that's for show. And that's the reason why I go for broke. I'm trying to please God, not the rest of these folk. These other friends got me trying to take their toe. As a need for me to deal with my problems and cope. Nope, no need. It's the guy in need. It keeps me rising to the top like the bubbles and pop. No lie, he's good like all the time, God.
Yeah, yeah, many years later, my ladder's much greater. Even got a little paper picked up a few haters. But that's no bother, cause I'm something like my father. Yep, he's my father, like his name was Darth Vader. I fling the word with every verb like a lifesaver. El Shaddai means God is more than enough. Whatever it is that you need, he's more than enough. When the devil plays the card, he's never called the bluff. It is rough and tough and all that stuff. God. All right, that was a little bit of Crazy by James Noyes, James Berry, Minister James Berry. Hello? Still on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I lost you for a moment there. Man, uh, that, that sounds good. That's a good track. You know, everybody listens to music, and I know uh, a lot of kids listening to hip-hop. And in, a, in the past few years, there have been secular artists that have been making what I can tell, you know, they don't call it gospel hip-hop and gospel songs, but uh, they were very, very relevant to the gospel word, you know, message. Uh, songs yeah. like uh, MC Hammer way back in the day. We got to pray just to make yeah. it today. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, which, which was a number one hit. Yeah, yeah it was a number one hit, <laughs> <laughs> and it made everybody dance, and, you know, people, yeah. I guess they... I know they sing it in a lot of churches. I went to a lot of churches where they were singing that song. Uh, and I think and about our, our youth, our youth department did that song. I can remember that we we did that song. I I did the rap on that song. Uh, uh, oh, you tell it off <laughs> on yourself, man. <laughs> and, and more recently, you had people like um, Kanye West with the Jesus Walk song, and you yeah. know that was I thought that was awesome. And then his behavior kind of offset everything he was trying to say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite, my favorite hip hop artist right now has always been for a while is DMZ, DMX, not DMZ. Oh my DMX. God! And uh, DMX, matter of fact, in graduate school at Arkansas Little Rock, I, I did a whole research paper on him, his song. But he did a song called "Walk." Uh, oh man, what is it? Walk with me now, talk with me later. Uh, I think that's the name. Yeah. Uh, and you know that was that had some serious gospel overtones on it, and yeah. uh, you really want to get down to it. Uh, Jay Z with his uh, Kingdom Come, you know that yeah. that was you know it had had those um, those gospel overtones, those religious overtones. Yeah, I know they don't consider themselves you know, it's, it's it's secular, but. Um, what is your take on when, God, when secular artists do, uh, rap artists, hip hop artists do things like that? What is your take on it? Um, I think that in a lot of cases, most people don't understand in the music business that when an artist puts out a record, the record label um, puts out music that they feel is going to bring back the most return. Uh, it's not usually, it's not always the artist, the the artist's uh, desire or what they want on their album. Uh, they make the music, and then they, they send that music to uh, an executive producer, uh, a representative of the record company. They all sit in the room, and they listen to tracks, and they say, um, you know, do you think this song will be a hit? They vote on it. Yeah, let's put this on the album. Uh, you know, so they pick songs. The artists might record, you know, 30, 40 songs, you know, before they get a 12-track CD, you know. So... Um, when they put out songs like that, a lot of times it could be 
songs that are the desire of the artist. I mean, most of the times when those songs are put out, they're not the album is not even really promoted. Like, for instance, you mentioned Jay Z's Kingdom Come. You know, uh, that wasn't promoted like the Blueprint was. All the Blueprints, I should say, uh, was promoted like the Black Album was promoted. So um, it doesn't get as much sale, but at the same time, it satisfies the artist in the the type of art they want to put out. Hold, um, hold on, real quick. Got a caller who wants to oh. say something. Okay. Hello, Hello? caller. Yes, how are you? I'm fine. Tell us who you are and what you All right. say. Great, sure. Um, well, uh, my name is Tiana Jenkins, and I am the wife of a Christian rap artist uh, named Ron Daniel with Divine 7 Entertainment. And um, first, I'd just like to commend you all for having this call. We need to have more calls like this that explore um, holy hip-hop and gospel rap. So I was very excited about the invitation. So thank you so much um, for you all having this call and for Minister James Berry um, inviting uh, me to the call. But um like I was stating before, my husband is uh, Ron Daniel, and he has uh, done Christian rap music for over seven years, um, also doing a lot of different things with um, a conference that we put on every year, promoting uh, about 15 to 16 Christian rap artists from around the country called Lifeline Christian Rap Music Conference. What I wanted to state um, was that uh, I've just been hearing just various conversation on the phone um, on this call, and Holy hip-hop or Christian rap is all but one avenue to reach youth and young adults. So I want to make sure that we're putting it within the right context. We've been doing Christian rap um, events, and uh, my husband's put out CDs and that uh, different type of thing for over 10 years. And it's all but one way to reach the youth. You have to not only have the holy hip-hop and the Christian rap, but it also has to be the way in which you live, which brings up another relevant point when you were talking about the secular versus the hip-hop. So you may have artists like Kanye West or people of that nature that may have some um, hip-hop or or, or holy hip-hop overtones, but then you go to track number five or track number six, and then they're talking about somebody else with a big booty or whatever. (laughs) So, you know, we just got to make sure that when we make a distinction between holy hip-hop and secular music, that it is the whole track is talking about God. The whole track is lifting up God, regardless if... Let me me interrupt you real quick. Okay, go ahead. You're talking about that, and this is one of the problems I have with the the holy hip-hop, is that when they they come to... uh, We had a conference not too long ago, and they were doing all of this. Their appearance did not resemble... It was basically the same as the secular artists. You know, they had the white tees, the sagging pants, the dreads, and all that mm-hmm. stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they respected me to kind of respect them as gospel artists, and I, I had a real hard time doing that, because I'm like, okay, I understand the the culture, I understand mm-hmm. the dress, but you're supposed to be doing something different, you know, you're resembling the same thing, is that not sending a conflicting message? But, I would say this, um, it's, of course, you need to be respectful in the way you look and all that kind of thing. But I will say that, again, it's in the way in which you live, okay? So, yeah, I may be up there with my, my white tee or I may be up there with my Jordans or, or whatnot, but it's, it's what am I saying in my music? Now, of course, we don't condone people sagging or, you know, groping themselves or anything like that, but it's like, what are you saying in your music? Because if that's the case, and you can say that about people every single day, if you go to work, you know, um, 
not to judge somebody's by by their outward appearance, right? It's it's how they live. How how what are they saying over their music? How are they living when they live leave outside of those doors? Because I can come in there with my suit on. I don't know how 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 I would come across the youth rapping, but I can come in there with my suit on and then go outside and drink, curse, smoke, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. So you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. What did you say? I, I said like some preachers do. Like, well, okay, I'm not going to go there, but, you know, it's all about, it's the culture, you know, and I think a lot of times um, with um, churches in general or church people, we can't get past what somebody looks like because we're judging them on the outside. It's what what are they saying? How has this person changed their life? How have they come from out of the hood? How have they come from out of the streets and now they're giving back this talent, you know, uh, and to God and lifting up God, like what what are they what are they saying? And I think a lot of times those, those are issues that we have within our own church community um, that we can't get past that. So then we don't accept holy hip hop because we're so you know uh, um, looking at you know the shoes they have on, um, the, bag, the, the 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 jeans they have on, or the T-shirt they have on, or whatever the case may be. You know. Yeah. So let's interrupt. Uh, God, the person in the chat room says you know them by their fruit. You must inspect the fruit. Not the dress. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's what she what she's saying. I mm-hmm. I, I I totally agree in the same respect. Um, first of all, your image is everything, but more than just uh, your outward appearance, but but your, the fruit of your uh, you know your life, um, how you live. I mean, if I rap one thing and exactly. then you know later on you find out I'm cheating on my wife or whatever the case is, not only does that destroy the the message that I'm bringing, but it also destroys the image. You know. That, that I claim to be living or the image or, of God that I say I represent. You know, you know, people look at it and say, he says he represents God, but he does this. You know, is that what God does? You know, and then they say, well, I don't want your God, you know. Exactly. <laughs> you and know, I think that, I think that, you know, I am, my husband, like I said, we've been doing Christian rap and um, that type of thing for years um, here in Arkansas and, and traveling and whatnot. And we always say you have to um, recruit as hard as the enemy recruits. You know, you have to recruit as hard as uh, the enemy recruits for young adults and young people in general every day via that, you know, the blog talk radio that you're doing right now, which I think is awesome, any type of social networking, um, Facebook, Twitter. You know, we have to be out there just as hard, just as, they, you know, as the enemy is because, you know, they're, they're blasting um, young adults um, on radio, Facebook. It's just – it's recruitment efforts that go way above than what most Christians are doing to recruit young adults. I I, 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 I put this point in. Last night, you know, they had the MTV VMA Awards, and and, uh, I called about five minutes of it because I was bored and waiting for the football game to kind of end. And some of the things that I saw, I was like, oh, my goodness, is this what we're coming down to? You know, we're, we're applauding and praising this and our young people are buying into it, and yet when we try to bring them into the church, we have nothing to offer them that to buy for them to buy into. You know. Yeah, there's no alternative. No alternative. And you know, you know, I, I like I said, I, I'm a little the traditional, but I don't. I, I, I'm embracing all of it because I understand the relevance of where we need to be as as a church, and the gospel doesn't change the methods of. Uh, Getting the message out, the gospel message out, is the only thing that changes. Well, Carla, yeah. I appreciate you. Uh, we don't have Thank a lot you of so time. Thank you so much. We're uh, running out of time here.
But guys, you can still, the chat room will be open even after the show goes off, and we may even stay on a little longer, uh, even if we're off air, we may not be streaming live, but we can continue on in the conversation, and you can still uh, call in and join us in the chat room, send us an email, all Twitter and all that other yada yada technology. Uh, uh, JB. Yeah. Uh, I think we got a little track here. I don't know if we have enough okay. time to. We'll try to play, play some of it. Uh, yeah. This is the sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, we got it. We, we should have enough time. Well. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, sorry, sorry. Uh, let me just intro it real quick. It's, it's uh, sorry is just my song of uh, repentance. You know, looking over the life that I live, um, and uh, basically, you know, the things I did and saying sorry. You know, apologizing to God. You know. Like we do in any of our relationships, you do something wrong or offend that person, you apologize to them. So, all right, here's sorry. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, hope you feel me, yeah. My life has not been perfect, sometimes I do do wrong But God is faithful to forgive me, so I wrote this song This heart's a good in words, just how faithful he is But I'm thankful he is, cause now I'm able to live Blessed to be able to give to all my neighboring friends But I still have to contend with the temptation of sin Sometimes I do give in, and for that I am wrong So I'm asking for forgiveness in the form of the song Gospel 
Well, de- you know, definitely, uh, that's the source of it. <laughs> I can only say what the Father in Heaven says, says, so Scripture has to be the base. Uh, say it again. So I can only say well, you know what God says, so scripture has to be the base uh, of uh all all the music or whatever I say, you know. Okay. How how do you use scripture? I mean, how do you come apart? Do you do you put it together like you're putting together a sermon, you go to the Bible or just pick a scripture and say, Oh, I see this or do you find like a psalm or, or something like that? Um, a lot of times it's like I said, it's just through um study. Um it's just through uh, I might I'll be studying my Bible and whatever God uh, shows me He can show me something about myself um, You know He can just show me something in general and you know I put that that message in a song You know um, I mean I, I it's essentially I think maybe the the way most people write um, A lot of times it, it may just be something that I see I could be watching TV and uh, you know and they might say something or I might see something. And uh, and and that might inspire me. You know, I should write a song about that. You know, where whatever I saw on TV, they were giving their opinion, and then uh, what I write will be, you know, the Bible's uh, view or, or opinion, I guess you would call it, on on that particular subject. Uh huh. Okay. You know, so. And basically, and basically, it's it, it's. The same, like what I do when I put together a sermon, you know, I seek the Lord. It's, yeah, it's, it, the same way when I when I write my sermons, you know, I I say, you know, Lord, you know, what do you want me to say to this particular group of people? You know, what word do you have for them? And and you know, in my study is revealed. You know, um, I I think one of the key things, you know, for any any uh, musical gospel artist, I, I should say, in, in any capacity, is is the study of the word. You know. Um, because without without the study of the word, you know, how do you know what God is saying? You know, He speaks through us through His word. You know, so the only way I can you know relay His message to you is through His word. You know, the yeah. way it was given I, to me. I, I, and I also think you know, and I don't know. Like I say, I'm not a rapper. I'm a preacher, and you know, I I stay in my lane. <laughs> when it comes to ministry, I, I stay in my lane. You know, I can play music, I can sing music. And I can preach. And I leave it there. You know, I don't, I don't try to do anything that I, I, I'm not familiar with or comfortable with. And you know, I, I don't mind the gospel hip hop thing. I think it's cool. I think it's great. The whole thing is, how can we begin to teach our older church members to embrace it, and teach our younger church members to uh, reverence? Rever what we do, you know, to have yeah, reverence, the same yeah. kind of reverence for the hymns and for, yeah. for the traditional contemporary gospel, whatever, as they do for the hip hop. I, I mean, I want to bring them to my church and I want to have them in there and I want to be able to do things for them, but I want them also to appreciate what yeah. we appreciate, you know, um, how, got, how we think got over. Um, I, I think one of the things, or one of the main things, is teaching. Um, you know, course i grew up i didn't grow up you know in church you know um we you know a baptist church you know it was hymns you know uh you know it was deacon led you know uh devotion and then you know then the choir you know but at the same time you know i grew up in a large uh baptist church you know so uh dr ev hill um oh yeah great man of god great you know so 
um, of course, we had people to come in like Stevie Wonder um, to, you know, sing songs when we had choir day and stuff like that. So, um, uh, you know, being taught the the basis of, you know, what Christian is, the messages of those songs, they agreed, you know what I'm saying, with this, with my spirit. So I think that if, if our younger generation is taught those messages, um, when they hear it in, in a song that's relevant to their time or they hear it in a, in an old song, I mean, when you taught those messages and you develop a, a relationship with Christ, it's all the same. You know, like I go into any church, like people, you know, there are some people who have, you know, well, I can't go to I can't go to this type of church because they don't have that kind of music, or I can't go to this church because the preacher don't preach like this. You know, hey, as long as they're, they, when they're singing, if they're worshiping God, I can get into it because I love God. I can worship him in any form, you know. Uh, as long as when he's preaching, if he's preaching the word of, word of God, I, I, you know, I can identify with it. I'm going to get something from it because God doesn't stand, you know, set anybody up, you know, to just filibuster. You know what I'm saying? There's a word for you anytime, you know. So, so, so you're, you're, I don't, saying, you're saying there's nothing wrong with throwing in a little old rugged cross. With. Exactly, you know. <laughs> without you know, without the without the cross, where would we be? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh-huh. how can I say I may not you know prefer the the you know old rugged cross style of music, but at the same time, I have to respect that because whatever I'm saying, it, it identifies with the same thing, you know. So I, I you know I can't I can't say well oh that's you know that's 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 whack or that that's not you know what it is. Uh, because then where where does my music's foundation, you know what I'm saying, come from? You know, both of those songs have the same foundation. Both of the types of music have the same foundation, you know. So I think that with our young people, if we just, you know, we, we teach them to have a relationship with Christ. Once they develop that relationship with, with God, then um, the music and the message and all of that really will fall into place. All right, yeah. man, this has been a wonderful conversation. I and really enjoyed the dialogue, and uh, we're gonna come back later and try to do this again. Okay. Appreciate you, brother. Be blessed. All right. Have a wonderful time. That's right.